What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 32 of the Fuel for Football podcast. I am your host, Sanchez Bailey. And it's, it's, you know, we're back from the international break, you know. And, you know, the weather's improved. Society's changed a little bit. We're out of a lockdown situation. And I forgot about that until when I went to the park. It was really warm on Tuesday. And, you know, I was there towards the, the early evening. And I started seeing, you know, uh, floodlights turned on. And AstroTurf football was back, and it was just good to see, you know, people back in 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 uh, in in sport essentially, you know. So for some people, Sunday league football is slowly coming back. For some people, we're waiting for the new season to start. And for those that are more higher up in the leagues and more uh, elite slash professional, you are closing in on the season. So, you know, I really wanted to speak on a topic that no matter what kind of journey you're on right this present time. It can be relatable because this topic that I really want to speak to and I'll hopefully be dropping gems throughout the next couple of episodes towards the end of the season regarding this kind of period that we're in. I feel that um, it needs to be considered and applied at every stage of the season. You know, we could break the season into um, quarters. We can break the season into thirds and we're literally within the last third of the season. You know, it's crunch time. That was one of the, the titles that I thought I would name this episode. May still do it, depending on how this episode goes. And I want to speak to you about a topic of resilience, should I say. Why? Um, I, I was sitting at um, sitting down on Saturday watching soccer. I can't say soccer Saturday because it wasn't Saturday, it was Friday. But let's just say Sky Sports News, you know, and the championship was thriving that day. And you're seeing a lot of drama, you're seeing late goals, you're seeing, you know, teams fighting for playoffs. And it's an exciting time and it's always a great time of the season for the championship. And then you're, you know, seeing League One, League Two, etc. And, you know, um, it's I feel, you know, it's great to know actually some people that are chasing promotion, that are within um, championship positions. And, you know, just knowing them and speaking to them. And, and having a bit more of an invested interest makes me realise and how much some of these games and occasions can mean to somebody, you know, or a player, should I say. You know, let's just say if you win a game, you know, you're going to be void, you're going to be, you know, confidence is going to be super high and you're going to be raring to go for the next game. You might draw a game when you're chasing points and maybe relying on other teams to results to kind of progress. You know, you're going to be feeling a certain way about that. Let's just say you're not getting the results just yet. Let's just even say West Brom now, who beat Chelsea yesterday. They are, you know, 19, seven points adrift from the relegation zone. Seven games left, I think. Maybe even eight. Let's just say seven games. 7.7 games. You know, how could they feel now? Could they feel encouraged that they now can score goals and they score five, two players scoring more than braces, or at least a brace um, in that game. So, you know, how do these how do these players feel, and how do you feel in your situation? You know, maybe you're chasing some points, you're chasing a certain position, you're relying on other people. There's different thoughts and emotions and response mechanisms that players would have. But here's one that we're going to discuss today, in the form of resilience, um, that will be very empowering, no matter what result. Yeah, um, and and this is something that I've actually noticed. Um, I was lucky to be at the Emirates yesterday, um, to see the game Arsenal Liverpool that was, and as as you know, I always watch football with a different lens, 
And I was watching body language a lot. You know, um, I have a moment that I might put on social media that I saw from a player. I won't reveal too much just yet. And I made a note of it, you know. And um, body language is something that you can... And even after the game, I also love the press conferences, the post-match interviews and stuff like that. And, you know, I post that sometimes on social media. And I was saying to one of my friends, I said, you could actually tell who won this game today by looking at Arteta and looking at Klopp, just from their body language, you know. Um, and I just sat there and just examined that. And, you know, body language is a huge telling factor to the outside world, one, right, to your teammates, two, to the opposition, three, but then also for yourself and your own mind. Body language can have such a, uh, a form of communication, such an impact on those four cornerstones that you want to make sure that you get this right. Let's start off with yourselves. Let's just say, for instance, you know, uh, I'll give you a quick example. Um, this is actually um, a, a factor that can help improve confidence, and I'm doing a confidence course, actually, and you'll hear me mention a little bit of this. Let's start off with yourself. A little bit more familiar, but something that we don't necessarily... Uh, you know, think about so much as well in terms of how we then behave from this thought process. But I remember showing a club, I can't remember what club, but a video of Ronaldo and a video of Renessi, Messi. <laughs> and I was um, showing two examples of them communicating with other people and we were identifying which personality type they were, etc. But the body language from Messi, he was talking to young children and he was looking at the floor, you know, um, and he was speaking to the children, but not looking at them at all. You know, Ronaldo, you know, is a bit more eccentric, is a bit more of outgoing, etc. So even just the body language from Messi, we already know from context, he is a very shy guy. He's not someone that's very outgoing. He's very humble, so to speak. He's not someone that's too flamboyant. Maybe as the years gone by, he's, you know, he's grown, he's matured, he, he knows who he is, he knows his worth, and maybe there's a bit more of a bit of spice, should I say? But with Messi now, we know, genuinely speaking, to the core, he's quite a shy individual. Or at least at the time this video was done, which I think he was long hair, Messi. And so, with, with that being cons considered, his body language dictates how he actually carries himself out and his charisma. The great thing about him is that that does not have any indication on how he plays on the pitch. Maybe a little bit on his penalties because he didn't have the greatest record because the spotlight was completely on him. However, he, it didn't translate into the pitch, which is amazing. And so the reason why I use Messi's example is that I'm going to say that body language is not the be-all and end-all. But the fact is, you want to be able to at least make sure that your body language empowers you in, four different, in these four different areas. One being yourself. Um, as I said, it's going to be your teammates, it's going to be opposition, your body language affects that. And then um, the other factor, which I can't remember now, <laughs> which is a bit crazy. You know, when you recall things, you don't know which one you mentioned. But yes, in terms of yourself now, body language is a huge telling factor. You watch someone on television, I think back to Aubameyang actually before the Tottenham game, and I speak about Arsenal a lot, I know. But um uh, Bamiang was on the bench for the Tottenham game. His his body language was, you know, he looked down, he looked dejected, and it was not empowering at all. You know, he didn't come on that game, but 
The fact is that you could actually guide and see how someone is just from their body language. At the same time, our body language can also change how we are thinking. That's how crazy and how impactful and how important our body language is. So even if we are, you know, not feeling the greatest, if we have body language that is a bit more um, positive and empowering and a bit more practical and a bit more supportive and, you know, a bit more opportunistic, um, opportunistic, yeah, I think that's the word, we can actually then change what's going on in our mind, which then can affect also our behaviour, right? So what is the, what can we take from that? Even if you're not feeling the greatest, your body language is important, so fake it till you make it. I know I just said that, fake it until you make it. So what is the body, positive body language that we should be considering? We're talking about where your head is, keep your head up, maybe a smile. You know, some people don't smile like Martial, but I'm not going to say you have to force a smile. Smiling is part of your game. When you are in a great phase and a great um, run of play, then smile. You know, keeping your head up, you know, um, maybe moving a little bit more, maybe not moving a little bit faster than you would normally move. And what I mean by that is not being sluggish, you know, keeping your, your chest out a little bit. Depending on what we're talking about, you know, and, but maybe not looking down on the floor, um, maybe when you're walking off the pitch, how you're walking off the pitch, um, how you would walk in a more confident um, vein. These things you want to be considering, maybe how you would be looking on the pitch, um, looking like you're engaged, you know, um, faking it and can allow you to, to start germinating those positive and empowering thoughts and feelings that you may need to, to get across this finishing line this season. Body language is a huge telling point. So that's something that you should consider for yourself and, you know, almost just have have thoughts at different moments of, um, I'm not even talking about during the game. I'm talking about maybe during off the field moments, you know, maybe in training, after the match, you're going into the changing rooms. Maybe if you just missed a shot, your body language then. I'm talking about maybe half time and how your body language looks then. Those little small instances which then affect how you then perform and react moments later are going to be very crucial to the, to the ending or the, the last moments of this season. The next part is our teammates. So let's just say now, Aubameyang now, we use him as an example who was looking down and dejected against Tottenham and he was starting. You know, he's someone that is like the life of the, the party, right? you know, from small little clips that you might see on Snapchat and stuff like that, like you would see, you know, him always with a smile on his face, right? So if you're playing in a big game now against Tottenham, you're fighting for the same kind of positional aspirations in the league right now, and your main man is not looking up for it. Your main man is looking like he's disinterested. Your main man came in late, so they say that day, and... There's no, there's no positive, emotive, I have a language from, you know, non-verbal communication, but there's no, there's no positive um, form of body language. How is that then going to affect your teammates when they need results? They're chasing the table, they're tra chasing positions above them, and the main man is not really up for it. Or maybe a crucial man in the team, let's just say... Let me use another team and not let me be so Arsenal-based. But let's just say now, um, gosh, I can't think of anybody right now. 
let's just say a Jordan Henderson, of she's a captain. Let's use Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's very technical and very, um, you know, pivotal to that attacking right side of Liverpool. Let's just say he's not up for it and his body language is not showing, he's not looking, feeling great, he's not looking great. Liverpool haven't been in the greatest run of form, so let's just even use him as an example. Dropped out of the England team and his body language is not empowering. I'm just saying as a hypothetical, by the way. Um, how that could affect the teammates, you know, knowing that your right side is not affected, you're not scoring goals. How could that affect the rest of the team? And... Let's just say when they weren't in great form, maybe the body language from Liverpool wasn't the greatest then. So it creates that energy. You then go into the changing rooms, the vibe is off because of how you're walking into the changing rooms, you know, how you're acting in that moment. Then the next day you have a rest day, you go into training. Think about the vibe and the, the spirit and the, the, the um, gosh, there was a word that I used a few days ago, but the, but the spirit, let's just use that for a lack of, a better word right now the spirit of the team can be affected just from how you you know from how you communicate through your body language you know and it's something to consider especially getting across this line towards this time of the season your body language can have a positive or negative effect on your teammates because now we're at a time when you're towards the end and everyone needs everybody in that team to get across that finishing line and if there's a weakness or if there's a you know, there's a lack of unity in a certain area or, you know, you guys are not all working towards the same goal and someone's not with it, that can affect the team massively. So body language is going to be so important in, in that aspect. So definitely consider how you can be more impactful with your body language, more empowering for your teammates and yourself. The opposition is the other cornerstone and in terms of how your body language can affect other people and this is going to be a big thing right because for you to get to across the finishing line everything's going to be governed against how you do against the opposition you don't want to give them any other advantages to compete against yourselves now as i'm speaking to you my aim is to to empower you right the same opposition are working on ways to empower themselves so there's an empowering contest there already right and so um, then obviously there's a competition in terms of ability and there's a competition because of the actual competition that you're in. So you don't want to be giving anyone an advantage and an unnecessary advantage, a small advantage that could help and galvanise the opposition. You know, um, let's just say, for instance, you, you notice a team at half-time, they run off the pitch, right? They look like, that just immediately looks like they're down for business and you're kind of slowly strolling and walking off that looks like that team is there for business and that could then make you think okay cool maybe they were all over us and they're just literally upset half time came and that could then cause a bit of seed of doubt to that opposition there and so that's something that you want to consider that how your body language can actually be an advantageous decision and a decision a move and a and a tactical move to gain an advantage of the, over the opposition. I've now just realised it's not actually a, a four-factor, um, a four-point factor. I realise it's a, <laughs> it's a trilogy, it's a triangular relationship in terms of team, others, um, opponents, should I say, and then yourself. And so that's something to consider moving forward. 
Um, I've got a really good plan for the next episode, but take that into consideration as we go into the next phase and the last phase of the season in terms of how your body language is at training, you know, how your, your body language is uh, in, in, let's just say, stoppages, how it is when you're um, walking off the, the pitch and maybe training um, pre-match and maybe in the changing rooms. Your body language can have such an important effect and, and can be the small percentages that can make the difference to walk to close in this season. So bear that in mind and, and get practicing, get take a moment to to reflect on what your body language has been like. Take a moment to reflect when things go right and don't go so well, how your body language operates and how maybe you can best utilize that to bring the best out of everyone surrounding you. Alright, on to next week. All the best and I hope that adds value to everybody.